The information is not subtle. The information is chilling to say the least. If you're not the type of person that can handle hearing these things, then you are welcome to turn the podcast off right now. But I will tell you, this is information I think everybody should have, whether you find it to be true or you find it to be very, very skeptical. There are some things in here that are undeniable, and I'll let you figure that out. This is your disclaimer. Please listen with caution. Welcome to The Machine, everybody. I am your host, Mario Parrish, with my co-host, Lee Wilson. Journey with us into conspiracy theories and the unexplained. Welcome back, everybody. Um, If you're still with us from the recent Dark Veil episode, part one. Um, Here with my good friend, Jeffro. What's up? And we got a guest here today. Seth. Hey, how are you guys doing? In Into this dark veil, which we're getting into the darker part of the veil here. Uh, we're going to get into a bunch of different areas. But uh, let, let's start Let's start with George, George Soros. Let's start there. And the reason why I want to start there is because right now we're experiencing, at this time, riots, uh, looting. If you in different cities, right? Well, yeah, mainly in Minnesota, if everybody's aware of what's been going on here recently. Well, Minnesota, New York, uh, Canton, Ohio, Cleveland, they're all over the place now, right now. Um, but we know that Antifa has infiltrated these protests and now are part of the riots, whether they started it or not. There's a video leaked of a man who's got his face covered and everything, which, you know, he probably should in any of these rioters they usually do so they don't get busted. Um, what happened was unjust. I think we can all agree that it was, it was a horrible thing that happened. But uh, to to your point, Jeffro, um, and, and I forget what you said all the time, every... Uh, when you are referencing the elite or anybody who has power, right? One of the famous sayings that you hear them bandy around is "never let a good crisis go to waste." Yes, exactly. And so that's where we are. We know Antifa is backed and funded by George Soros. Now, why why does a protest group need to be backed by somebody? Well, you need money. To do anything. He money to continue to go on. But the reason why I'm bringing this up now. Is because we're seeing this. But I want to remind people. There may be something else at play here. Like I always say. When you see something in the left hand. It's the right hand you need to be watching. Right. Almost like. These riots. Are the new distraction. Away from maybe the COVID crisis. Um, Yeah. And even to that point, maybe further. Well, yeah, because what we're going to get into, a lot of this information 
about some of these secret circles, a lot of this information is starting to leak out as well. Everything from the Epstein documentaries with a lot of new documentaries that are starting to come out online with YouTube. Uh, it seems as though the heat, the, the seat is getting pretty hot. So they're trying to distract that information from everybody by creating a new crisis. You know, I'd like the ad, uh, especially with all these uh, documentaries and whatnot. Be very careful of the documentaries on Netflix. You know, that's a that's an agenda that's trying to be pushed. There's, uh, they're trying to put just a small grain of truth on Netflix or whatnot uh, for the masses to see to kind of debunk the rest of everything going on. So just be very careful with those Netflix documentaries. It's all it's all part of the game, I believe. Right, and to your point, um, to your point, when when I watched a filthy rich document documentary. Uh, about Epstein. I don't know if you've seen it. So I watched this and immediately in the beginning of this documentary, it's, oh, here's Epstein with Donald Trump. Here's Epstein with Donald Trump. Here's Epstein with Donald Trump. But the further you go into the documentary, it's here's Epstein with Bill Clinton on St. James Island or pedophile Island, however you want to say it. You know, we know that there are certain celebrities have been there, certain uh, government officials. But I noticed in the beginning of the documentary, it was just Trump, 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 Trump. And then toward the end, they asked Trump if he had any affiliation with him. And he says, yes, I knew him. He was a billionaire philanthropist. And we had a falling out we didn't agree on certain things and we went separate ways but it was just that little piece so it's like you know why why shove that in the beginning you know we yes we've seen him with with him so many times i mean you could have just had that end part to say yes i knew him yes i've been around him if you see photos with me and him yeah it's there but what for whatever reason we haven't talked in such a long time and to seth's point and to your point mario i think that's the genius of these people that create this media content what they do is they take pieces of factual information and they mix it in with whatever agenda that they want to try to portray and they do it on both sides of the spectrum both the left and the right yes so you get Democrats with Clinton connected to Epstein. And you get Trump having the connection with Epstein, like you said. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they give you just enough factual evidence that if you try to cross-reference it, it'll pop up. But in doing that, they also tend to hide a storyline or they try to hide a, a certain agenda for the lack of a better term I've said that a few times but it seems as though they're trying to guide us they're trying to send you in a certain they want you to think right, right. a certain but way but I, I think that my, my main point is this I think it is interesting and I think that's part of their genius they will go ahead and they will mix fact with fake they'll mix truth with distruth and what they'll do is they'll just create a narrative. Right. And and whatever that narrative is at that point, they, they try to confuse the public because by confusion, you create anxiety. And when you create that anxiety, 
we as humans want absolutes. We want black and white. It's easier, but the world is a gray. Right. It's easier to to deal with absolutes than it is a gray. Um, but going further into George Soros himself, because a lot of people may not know who he is. Um, so George Soros is a Hungarian American billionaire investor and philanthropist. Uh, billions. I mean, we're talking about billions upon billions. This guy's got more money than he, he could possibly know what to do with. He's got so much money that he funds an organization like Antifa. He funds an organization like NAMBLA. NAMBLA, who uh, North American man-boy love association. And this is a real organization. And you can directly tie this guy funding them. Who, and I'll say it again... Their slogan is sex before eight before it's too late. How do you even have a slogan? Like how, at, at what point in a mind is this okay? It's, it's, it's something that I won't understand. I never will understand because I think it's gross, disgusting. It's horrific. But speaking of horrific, and here we go again, you know, we've talked about the Epstein files. We've talked about how nobody believes he mur- you know, he's committed suicide. He was murdered, right? There's no possible way. You watch this documentary, they even tell you at the end. There's no way this guy killed himself. But the media played it down to a meme. It's a joke. Now, it's not a joke. It's not a joke at all because this guy tortured and sexually abused young as far as we know, girls, I don't know, it could be boys as well. We won't really know for now, but we also know that there were far more important head figures, you know, political head figures, uh, dark Hollywood figures, celebrities. But going even further from that, we want to talk about the Podesta files too, Pizzagate. And Seth, you, you've done some research on this yourself. What, what can you enlighten us on as far as Pizzagate? Start, start with just the surface. Just scratch the surface here for us. What is Pizzagate? Oh, man, so Pizzagate. Well, I mean, I, I'll say that uh, I've been looking into this for about two years now. Uh, so just a few years after the 2016 election. So this all came out in, during the 2016 election. Uh, that's when the that's when they coined the uh, phrase fake news or whatnot. Uh, but yeah, actually, I really started looking into this, and uh, that's when my mind started opening up to all this. But essentially, what Pizzagate is is uh, uh, these emails were recovered uh, from John Podesta to different people in the Democratic Party. So. Okay, so John Podesta, not to interrupt you, but John Podesta for some of our listeners. They had no idea who this guy is. Could you explain to us who John Podesta uh, is? And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was the campaign manager for Hillary Clinton during the 2016 election. Um, I believe, I believe you're right, but I believe he was also um, part of the Obama cabinet as well. Yes, he he was, and I'm going back even further. I'm not exactly sure of his exact title, but he was also part of Bill's cabinet as well. Oh, wow. See, I didn't know it went back that far. Yeah, this guy's definitely been around for a long time. He's just hanging right. around. Yeah. 
Okay, so continue, please. So these emails were, were recovered, and uh, there was these code words in there that were just used like, totally out of context. So the word pizza, the word hot dog. Uh, there, there's a few other ones, and I cannot think of it. But these are actual actual words that the FBI uh, has listed as uh, what what the actual meaning is and what they're used for. Uh, right in previous uh, uh, pedophile in, rings. In pre- previous pedophile rings, yeah. Right. So, um, and I remember seeing these emails. And uh, if you want to check these emails out for yourself, you can go to our website. I will link them. Uh, this is all public stuff. You can check it out. So, this is information we're giving to you. You can look at it. You know, make up your mind. We're we're trying to help you put these puzzle pieces together, though, for yourself. Um, but going into this, so the Pizza Gate, right? We say Pizza Gate because he uses the code word pizza, right? But also because there is also a pizza. If I'm not mistaken, it was a pizza parlor. I think it was Comet Comet Ping Pong. Ping pong pizza. Yeah, Comet Pizza, Comet Ping Pong, right. something along those lines. And this place had been uh, infiltrated. Um, what did they find there? Well, there. The, the first thing. Uh, let's, let's go back to just Comet Pizza in general. Uh, it's owned by this guy, and his only uh, source of income is this pizza place. But this guy's worth millions of dollars. Uh, but this is only this is his only job. Uh, but also, like all these like high class elite people. Uh, just from all around Washington D.C., come and visit this place, and they gather there and great spend pizza. time there. Yeah, re- real great pizza. Yeah, I'm worth millions of dollars, and I'm gonna go hang out at the pizza place. Real. One pe- and you're saying it's one pizza place. He doesn't. It's not a chain. He's got one. He's got one. Yeah, and he's a millionaire. Yeah, and all these elite people. Well, we say elite. We'll, we'll say you know, figureheads in the government. They're coming to this little pizza place. Where is this located? Oh, Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. Surprise, surprise there. Yeah. So they're going to this place, and it's been busted. What did we find there? Why is it busted? What did we find there? <laughs> well, uh, the artwork. The artwork was so interesting. There's artwork on the walls of this pizza place. and uh, Paint a picture for us. Oh, man. I'm... <laughs> Ryan, well, my best. They're, it's going to get dark, and oh, yeah. we we warned our listeners this is going to get dark. Yeah. Um, I believe I remember seeing imagery of children being um, shackled in some of these images, um, bare, naked, shackled, blood, and we're talking. Not a little bit. Um, almost something you would expect to see. And so we will um, we will post uh, the links to these images. Um, when you go to the website, you can click on um, certain things in the website in the blog post. You'll be able to click on and find the emails. You'll be able to click on and find some of these uh, images that were painted as murals. Um, you know, on the walls and whatnot, and uh, but uh, but please be warned, they are very disturbing. Oh, they're very very graphic, and these are you know direct images from this pizza place, uh, and the, the, this guy's home, the owner of this pizza place, his his personal home. These pictures are just plastered all over oh, the yeah. wall. Yeah. yeah. So, and again, 
so you were telling us uh, we were going into, you know, this place was busted. It was infiltrated, this pizza par- parlor. Um, what was found? I'm going to go off of what I just uh, found out tonight from uh, Jethro. There was actually uh, chains and things and uh, straps uh, found in the basement of the pizza parlor. Yes. Uh, in the, the pizza of this this freaking restaurant. Uh, so why why are these hanging from the ceiling? Why are these strapped to poles? What is going on in this basement of this pizza joint? Right. So there are chains, shackles, uh, images of pedophilia, uh, you know, within the parlor. And this place gets busted. They don't find anything other than just that. And to me, that's enough. Well, what's also important is this place was populated with extremely young children, and it was advertised as a hangout. They had ping-pong tables, pool tables, and other events that you might find at any sort of you know, youth hangout place. So not only is it a restaurant, but it, it, it's where kids constantly frequent. So not only whether the kids were aware of these murals or not, it was almost a form of conditioning by even having the murals on the walls and them constantly being exposed to these images. And again, that goes to the subversive, you know, conditioning and, and manipulation of a child's mind. Right. And that's something we did cover. We talked about uh, in the media episode we did in the, uh, the subliminal messaging and some of the cartoons these kids have, you know, once they've been they've been succumbed to these type of things it's it's there to make them feel like well i've seen it before it's not out of the ordinary it's not necessarily bad i mean which obviously we know better yeah it it, it's very much a form of programming or a a form of of conditioning It, it it normalizes heinous acts so it makes the child not want to, in the first place, it's an act they're not even comfortable with. It's not natural for them. But added on to that, if you're exposed to this imagery, you're asking yourself, is this normal place? You know, is this just how it is? Right. We're, and again, we're talking about, you know, a lot of prepubescent children. Um, one of... Uh, Hollywood people not not all Hollywood is looking at this the same way as all these dark elite Hollywood A-listers or whoever you know may be there are certain um, actors who are trying to be verbal about it um, and usually when that happens they kind of get blacklisted they don't get any work they're not looked at um, one that kind of comes to mind who still is getting some work but he's kind of do, doing it on his own is uh, Ashton Kutcher you know, he has an organization um, I'll have to find it but he has an organization that directly you know, works on trying to find you know, these pedophiles and pedophile rings and he says through one of his comments I've seen some of these videos these videos are horrible I've seen a girl, or is a girl or a boy, a child, I think he says a child, who was very, very young and thought what was happening was normal because they thought they were engaged in play. 
They thought this was a form of playing. They didn't know any better. Do do you? Okay, so Seth, you're you're nodding over here. Do you remember seeing this? If if I can, I'll find the clip and I'll place it. Now, this is about the time uh, when I start talking about politics that the internet trolls tell me to stick to my day job. Uh, so I'd like to talk about my day job. My day job is as the chairman and the co-founder of Thorn. We build software to fight human trafficking and the sexual exploitation of children. And that's our core mission. My other day job is that of the father of two, a two-month-old and a two-year-old. And as part of that job that I take very seriously, I believe that it is my effort to defend their right to pursue happiness and to ensure a society and government that defends it as well. I've been on FBI raids where I've seen things that no person should ever see. I've seen video content of a child that's the same age as mine being raped by an American man that was a sex tourist in Cambodia. And this child was so conditioned by her environment that she thought she was engaging in play. I've been on the other end of a phone call from my team asking for my help because we had received a call from the Department of Homeland Security telling us that a seven-year-old girl was being sexually abused and that content was being spread around the dark web and she had been being abused and they'd watched her for three years and they could not find the perpetrator asking us for help. We were the last line of defense. An actor and his foundation were the potential last line of defense. That's my day job. Now, when the Department of Homeland Security called us and asked for our help and asked if we had a tool, I had to say no. And it devastated me. It haunted me. Because for the next three months, I had to go to sleep every night and think about that little girl that was still being abused. And the fact that if I built the right thing, we could save her. Um, exactly what you're talking about, no. Uh, but there's something else that came up uh, in my mind about like, the whole Hollywood elites and this whole thing. Uh, so I'm going to hop over somewhere else real quick, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so we all know, uh, just recently, uh, a few months back, maybe a year or so back, uh, Chester Bennington lead singer of uh, Lincoln Park committed suicide here's here's the funny thing about him uh, right before he committed suicide him and another friend who conveniently committed suicide uh, were starting an organization to break open uh, child sex sex rings and these all these elite people that they knew about uh, and just conveniently uh, uh, a few months later they both committed suicide right before they released this uh, this whole uh, before they were going to re release this whole thing about uh, the child sex rings, but also there's a there's a theory, and I say it's a theory, but if you if you really look at this, it's believed that Chester Bennington was actually the child of John Podesta, and that John John Podesta raped Chester Bennington's uh, mother, and that's how he was conceived. So after living life and uh, kind of catching wind of this, he come to come to find. Uh, I believe Chester Bennington come to find out that John Podesta was his actual father. And I pulled up this picture for you to look at, Mario. But if you put up a picture of John Testa right. and Chester Bennington side by side, they look exactly identical. Like right. There's no 
uh, doubt about this. Right. And I've seen this and we, we know that the two families have, uh, you know, like to your point that they know each other. Yeah. Right. And so we go back then and Chester, uh, was a betting Bennington, Bennington, I, I, I believe. Know, yeah. You know, um, but he was a singer from Lincoln park. Correct. He spoke oftenly about how he was abused sexually as a child. He never really, as far as I know, he never really says by who. Um, I could be wrong, but he never really says by who. And and I know I have seen this before. And, you know, if you're out there, take a look at it. You can Google um, you can Google his name along with John Podesta, and you'll see the two images side by side. And I agree with Seth here. They're identical. Furthermore, we also know that Chester was really good friends with Chris Cornell, who has also been public about being abused when he was a child. Mysteriously, when all of this starts coming about and more and more people are starting to come forward. I mean, we've talked about the Corys and, you know, Elijah Wood has come out with, uh, you know, talking about how he knows this is going on. That didn't necessarily happen to him, but he's, he says he knows it's going on. Mel Gibson, uh, just so many celebrities are willing to be on the other side of this to bring light to it. Um, I find it very, very eerie that these two gentlemen, they, they, it wasn't that far apart when they, when they died. Well, no, and this goes back to an earlier point that I made on a previous podcast that I think these musicians and some of these screenwriters and some of these actors in Hollywood have been trying to speak out without actually fully coming out. You, you listen to some of the playlist of Linkin Park, songs like Numb and other songs like that. With this new knowledge that we're becoming enlightened to, when you put it in that perspective, you put it in that light, it really gives a different meaning to some of those words in those songs. Right, absolutely. I mean, we think, you know, I've written before. I was in a small band a couple times. Um, I've written before. And when you're writing to connect with your listeners. If you want to write a good song, you want to write about something you know, you want to write about something that means something to you. And then that's how you reach your listeners. Because you're catching the attention of your listeners. Now you're catching the attention of somebody who says, oh, okay, I feel this person's pain. They're telling a very vivid story. So it comes from somewhere. Right. If you can tap into your emotional response, your emotional experience, you then will be able to connect with other people emotionally. And that goes to the another vein that we can get into later, but it's very much a vibrational frequency. If you emotionally, you, if you can emote a certain feeling, then you can convey that emotion. So like you said, for the lack of a better term, write about what you know about. Right. And then that's how successful writers come about um but i got some of these emails pulled up um i'm gonna read a few of them here and there Uh, one is from podesta um, subject what dish you want to cook i'll do a pasta how about if i do a pasta course and maybe grill some pork tenderloin 
you do the sides. Happy to do everything also, and you can do the wine. Well, you could look at that anyway, right? That Podesta, that, or that email's not quite damning, but it doesn't stop there. It may be a little bit damning if, again, you think back to Seth's statement of these are code words that have been accepted by the right. FBI when infiltrating sex rings on the internet. Um, another email. It says, Hi, John. The realtor found a handkerchief. In parentheses, it says, I think it has a map that seems pizza-related. Totally out of context. Like, where is this stuff even coming right. from? Right. Is it yours? They can send it if you want. I know you're busy, so feel free to feel free not to respond if it's not yours or you don't want it. Susaner. And and so so let's think of this on like a like a basic level. Like why are they sending him a handkerchief? It's a piece of throwaway. Just throw it away. What do you use a handkerchief for? Uh, but so look into the deeper meaning here. Why are they wanting to send this guy his handkerchief back? And along with the iconography, um, if you go into these pedophile rings, there's images and icons and, and it looks like logos that there's these different logos like the butterfly or the triangle or the, you know, well, that's where they, the swirly they, triangle. Right. They, where they bring in the pizza, you know, the swirly triangle. Yeah, it's actually in the logo of Comet Pizza itself. So... It's they're they're displaying a lot of iconography and they're they're relating it to food and it's like what is this what is it saying because like you guys were saying the context of these messages they don't make sense unless you implement or install or or add these meanings in in the words that the the FBI has referenced then it starts making a little bit more sense. The the context comes, you know, much more clear. Hey, you know, there's a there's another email, uh, and I don't have it pulled up right now, but I'll give you the basis of it. And you need to look at all the facts surrounding this. There's one that actually came from the White House while President Obama was president, and it's talking about how they're going to bring in some some odd numbers. I'm not going to. I don't know the exact numbers, but right. I'll just use eleven thousand for an example. Eleven thousand hot dogs from Chicago. Uh, that makes zero sense, uh, you know. Uh, so at the White House, for the president, they, they, the White House brings in their cooks, uh, uh, and those cooks are screened and whatnot by the FBI, by the Secret Service, and also all the food that is brought in is all checked uh, by the Secret Service and whatnot. So why are all these hot dogs, as I say in quotations, uh, being shipped in from somewhere else? Uh, does, not go, does not go with whatever, what's going on at the White House. All right, so we got some some more of these emails. I know Jeff Rose got some of these emails. Do you want to go over yeah, some of these? I, I have two examples. I, through the WikiLeaks, I came across this short, quick excerpt of a email from John Podesta. And it was written on January 6, 2014, at 10.12 p.m., Okay, which is pertinent. And it goes on, this is what it says. Mary's not free. Would love to get a pizza for an hour. Or I can come over. So, that's odd. 
That's odd. To anybody who, that's who orders odd. a pizza at 10, 12 p.m. for an over hour. an hour. And it starts out as Mary's not free. Hmm. And he states either he'd like to get a pizza, not order a pizza. So he's not trying. He's not. He's not trying to get a service. He's trying to obtain a service. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. Right. And he's saying if that's not possible i could come over which again for, and have a piece have a pizza for an hour for a period of time whereas i don't know about you but whenever i order a pizza a it better be there within an hour and two um i'm not ordering it for a period of time right. but as people know one of the things that you can order or, or obtain for a time period would be a sex act sure you know that's why they call some of those hotels our hotels right so again we we can't exactly claim that's what's going on in this email but the verbiage and the way it's placed and it just it right the context is completely skewed it doesn't make sense right so everything done here i mean no well, we're talking about some pretty dark stuff here. No pedophile or you know, sex trafficking person is going to just come out and say, hey, bring over the little boys and girls that are underage so we can sexually abuse them and torture them and do whatever. There's going to be code words. They're yeah, gonna they're be not going to implicate themselves. Right. They're going to be careful. And the, the issue we have here is I know we have Podesta, who is linked to this pizza parlor, where they found, you know, this these murals of these children being abused where they found this uh, underground area in the pizza parlor where there are shackles and chains and and things of that sort. Uh, Important governmental head figures have been known to go to this place, this one pizza place, where these things are, where the owner has millions of dollars just from this one pizza place i mean is any of this this isn't you can't look at it and say well he's a very good pizza owner that's why he's a millionaire no pizza owner of one shop has a million dollars um unless come on it's too much there there's too much there you have to on one hand for those who want to debunk this Mm-hmm. They're they're going to point to the same things we're pointing to, and they're going to say, "I don't see anything. There's nothing there." He's not coming out. He's not saying anything. Oh, right. But what you have to do is you have to step back and and implement some critical thinking. What exactly are they referencing? Does it make sense that they're referencing a pizza? Does it re- does it make sense they're re- referencing food items? It just if you need a pizza, I'm going to call. And I'm going to order a pizza, you right. know, pepperoni cheese. All right, and you give me my price, and that's good. I'm not talking. To, it just to me, if if I implement critical thinking, it it doesn't feel right. And and whether you're a proponent for this conspiracy or you're not, if you look at it critically, at the very least, you have to start asking yourself some questions as to where is this going? Like you. You've got to be critical with your process of thinking. 
Right. And so we get these emails, right? And they've been sent back and forth from other uh, uh, head figures. You know, Hillary Clinton directly. Uh, Podesta's had many emails gone back and forth with. Um, Seth, you got something? Yeah. So the uh, the name of the owner of Comet Pizza is uh, James Alphontis. Um Right. And uh, so in 2012, GQ magazine released a list of 50 most powerful people in Washington, and he was on this list. So a why, pizza owner. So why is a pizza owner on the list of the 50 most important people in Washington, D.C.? Wow. See, that was a piece of information that I didn't have. And, and <laughs> I'm looking at Jeffro. His eyes are just like, What? Look into this stuff, people. Okay, we're telling you this is the story. Look into it for yourself if you dare. If you want to know the truth, these are people coming across to you like they are the good people. These are the people coming across to you saying, hey, we want to be the leaders of your free world. Come vote for us. With all of these emails, Jeff, do you have any more emails? Yeah, I I came across one expert. Unfortunately, I don't know the source of who sent it or who it was sent to, but it was an excerpt out of these WikiLinks uh, obtained released, emails. released yes. emails. And it references to, to this degree. This is what it says. I think Obama spent about $65,000 of taxpayers' money flying in pizza slash dogs from Chicago for a private party at the White House not long ago I assume we're using the same channels. And then near the end of it, there's an, an additional expert that says, to celebrate all you hot dogs out there, you can participate as well. Participate? $65,000 of taxpayer money. Right, and I believe this was what Seth was referencing uh, just a few minutes ago. Well, I'm trying to fathom something here right now because so many people are pissed off about Trump bringing in McDonald's and Big Macs for people. And here we have a claim that Obama's using taxpayer money for $65,000 of pizza and hot dogs. Now, I don't know about you out there. That's that's a lot of damn pizza and hot dogs if that's what we're talking about. But let's be honest here. That's not what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. What kind of party is going on for that much to be coming in? $65,000. And like I said earlier, all this stuff has to be monitored and gone over by the Secret Service. Uh, so the Secret Service, they're the ones who are actually going after what, the product that's coming in and whatnot. Not the president himself trying to figure that out. He has bigger right. fish to fry. So why is he worried about the hot dogs and the pizza for the party? Right. And, and to that point, exactly. Like you... Jeffro, you and I were talking in the past about, you know, like the FBI and the CIA. It's not everybody in the FBI. No, it's no, not. yeah. I, I do want to pump the brakes just a little bit. Okay. Pull back the reins. Sure. And and just say, we're not making any accusations. We're not saying that, you know, at all. You know, we're not saying everybody is is involved with these issues. And maybe it's just one Secret Service agent that was given the information behind this. Maybe it was just one assistant. It's not everybody. Okay. And, and that's, that's the idea behind a conspiracy. You, for a conspiracy to work, you have to have a small group of people. 
the larger the group, the more likely that the information is going to get out. And it just doesn't work. Conspiracy theories don't work when involved, when you, when you have multiple people involved. Um, but yeah, we're not, we're not claiming or, or trying to say that we have all this information ourselves. This is information that we came across both online and in other interviews that we've listened to. So this information is out there for you guys to take. And if, if you want to debunk this or you don't believe this, you know, that you're pervy to your opinion. Sure. All we're saying here is, hey, listen, again, we've been exposed to this information and a lot of this information doesn't make sense. And that's why we'd like you guys maybe to go ahead and, and get onto the website and interact with us a little bit. If you guys have more information, please let us know if you have information debunking or information, you know, backing it. That's, this is a forum that, again, I try to, I try to take all these issues and, and I want to make sure people understand when you come across this information, it's jarring. Okay. Very. And this, again, like I said before, is a therapeutic form of information. And as long as we allow these elites, if these elites are abusing their power, to stay in the shadows and we, we don't talk about it, if we at least don't start a conversation, then they're going to continue to be able to get away with these issues. You know, when I first, when, when Trump was running for office and he was talking about emails and everything, the thing that I thought of, you know, that was brought to light was the Benghazi emails. And... I thought, you know, okay, well, he's talking to Benghazi emails, and she keeps saying, what does it matter now? What does it matter anyway? And even then, I'm looking at I'm like, well, people's lives were lost, and now you wiped your emails from, you know, this, this pizza place, uh, Hillary Clinton, Podesta, if that's any other civilian out of this type of power, they're in prison. They're done for. Um, but to that point, going and going further with Podesta, um, he was in direct contact his family and the uh, Vanderbilt family, uh, which if you're not completely familiar, uh, uh, Anchorman Anderson Cooper, you know he's Vanderbilt, right? Vanderbilt Cooper, um, his brother. Uh, I believe he committed suicide, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he committed suicide. Anderson Cooper's brother, 1988, age 23, who had gone on record of being sexually abused as a child. Wow. Well, I don't know about you, Seth, but that's crazy. I, I did not know about that, but... Piggybacking off of that and talking about Anderson Cooper and CNN, there was a quick video clip, and maybe we can find it, but there was a video clip of Chris Cuomo, who, his brother is also the governor of New York. Cuomo. Cuomo, yes. Yes. He said once, when reporting on these Podesta emails, that... You must not read these e- these Podesta emails because if you do, you are committing a crime. These are private emails, and you must get that information from us. You, it is he he came out and said in this 
40 second clip of yeah, I remember it is illegal for you guys to go and search for these emails if you find them and you read them you're committing a crime you must learn about these emails from us yeah let that sink in yeah take take a moment which I'm is thinking which is why we try to do these podcasts in the in the form we do because if I present that information to you right now for the first time without the reference of the podcast on the media, you would think it's absolutely crazy. Absolutely. And here's where it's about to get even darker, okay? Because John Podesta, as well as many other head figures in the government, as well as many other figures in Hollywood, um, you know, Lady Gaga and different different people in Hollywood. I'm not going to go into detail of who is. You can find that out on your own. They're, they're big fans of spirit cooking. This Jeffrey, is some of the most... Can, I'm or, sorry, but Seth. this is some of the most like messed up stuff. You, I, I encourage you all to like really like look into the spirit cooking. And uh, these are not just political figures going to these things. Uh, right. Will Ferrell has been seen at these things. Yes. Uh, Lady Gaga has been seen at these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this thing just goes so deep. Uh, well, here we go. So, one of you guys want to explain to us what spirit cooking is? Well, um, the basis of the spirit cooking is this lady, uh, Maria, and I cannot pronounce her last name. Ah. Abramovich. Abramovich. I really hope that's right. Well, she's foreign. She's foreign, yes. But she was. She has these spirit cookings, and the basis of this is, uh, she's making cakes that look like a human, and most of the time, a child, completely covered in blood. Uh, and this is all a cake, and these uh, people will just come over, and they'll. This is this is the, the main course or the main event is this cake that's made in the form and looks like a child or looks like a woman or a man, whatever you want it to be, because uh, I'm sure it's been all of it throughout time. And then they all take turns eating this thing. And uh, I believe if you look, this lady is actually a Satanist or known uh, known Satanist. Yes, she is. So they're infatuated. It's not just it's not just the food itself. It's the ambience. So it's not like, you know, this crazy lady who's, you know, who's got this satanic background or practices, you know, these rituals. She comes out with a little cart and, oh, it's a cake made out, you know, made to look like a baby. No, there's a whole ambience about it. So there's blood on the walls, pentagrams, uh, drenched curtains, uh, different, uh, different signs, uh, just real disturbing sick stuff and there's images of these uh figures you know these 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 public figures with this person you mentioned will farrell lady gaga john podesta uh barack obama hillary clinton these are all people who we have images you can go online you can see these images of these people with this woman and they think this is a great thing Go ahead. You know, the, the thing that gets to me about this is they're so open about it, and they're so just 
in your face about it. And there's definitely this persona of like, you cannot touch me. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to hurt whoever I want. And there's not a single thing you can do about it. Sure. And they want you to see them at these, at these things. They want you to know they're there. Uh, mm-hmm. And they want you to know they're untouchable. Right. It's a, uh, it goes into obsessed, the whole power. Thing. It's an obsessed perversion of power. Absolutely. Um, good. Jeffrey. No. Yeah. And, and the big, again, um, uh, What's what's important with these parties is it may even be a conditioning of those celebrities. You go to these parties and you're like, it's a cake. It's not real. It's it's a head. It's a mannequin. It's a you, know, you can go ahead and you can slice into this body and it's just a cake. It just looks like a body. There's just these image images and iconography of pentagrams and different sayings and. Again, it's it's a slow um, normalization. It's it's a slow normalization of something that is disturbing. And if you program people into thinking, "Oh, this is this is normal," at what point does somebody who feels like they have the power to go ahead and push the envelope does that cake maybe turn into something else? Sure. Sure. I mean, I'm looking at different images right now. Uh, one of a cake. I, gosh, it looks so real. I, I hope it's a cake. It looks like a mutilated body. Um, it, just disturbing. Um, another one with Jared Leto in it. Um, and I know I'm saying I'm a lot, but uh, so many, so many people are involved. Jay Z, Beyonce, Rihanna. These these figures are involved with these people and they think this spirit cooking these these rituals with these people who are are linked to this these pedophile acts this is all okay this is all normal your children are hearing these songs you're taking in these songs as well and they're putting these things in place like watch some of these videos if you can't make it out then you're not you're not paying attention because this stuff is in plain sight and many times we ask ourselves anytime we hear about uh you know a horrible act you know maybe you find out about a child being abused down the street you know got an abusive family or whatever this happens or that happens you ask yourself why well you don't always get the answer because a lot of the times we don't know why here we kind of do we kind of have an idea of why and it's been shoved in our faces and many times adrenochrome and I've brought this up in previous podcasts Phil Schneider in a previous podcast uh, mentioned adrenochrome Jeffro, do you, do you want to indulge us with what adrenochrome is? Oh boy, where do I start? Um, adrenochrome is apparently a chemical that the body produces well, not apparently because we know okay, this is well, true yeah, the apparently is what they do with it but yeah the apparently is what they do with it we know this we know adrenochrome exists right scientifically speaking it's been public we know it exists go on right um well first let's start with 
the the scientific factual and, and where it started from. It was a, a gentleman by the name of Aldous Huxley in 1954. He was a writer who had written mostly about his experiences with mescaline. He discusses the possibility that adrenochrome is a compound with similar effects to the psychedelic cactus. He has not taken it and doesn't know how one would obtain it, saying that it's just spontaneously produced by the human body. He describes it as a product of the decomposition of adrenaline, which is surprisingly correct. And continuing a little bit more, the, the question of, is it real? It is real. It's a, it's a, adrenochrome is a compound formed by the oxidation of adrenaline. Its main medical use, because it's used in the medical field, is to slow down the blood loss by promoting clotting and open wounds. And this next sentence is interesting. It's available for purchase online by researchers only, with most outlets stating its source is synthetic and its uses are the inhibition of COMT, which deactivates certain neurotransmitters and it also promotes the synthesis of prostaglandins, which what that does is involves fats with the blood clotting. But the sentence where it says most outlets stating its source is, its source is synthetic, it, it doesn't exclude the possibility that it some right some right aren't synthetic. Right. So, so if it's not synthetic, what's its source? Right. And so it goes, this adrenochrome, this natural substance that's that we produce as humans, right? It's through the adrenal or yes, the adrenal system. It, the adrenal system. Yeah, it's produced through the adrenal system. Uh and and as you know or some people might not all of the bodies. Okay. Yeah, as most some people might know, the pituitary gland also promotes chemicals in the body. So it, it's speculated this adrenochrome is produced from the pituitary gland. Right. And it's said so we so we read that they uh the effects of this adrenochrome, you know, it has some hallucinogenic effects effects as well as, you know, it's kind of been called the uh, fountain of youth uh, chemical as well. Right. Um, so that's where the elite comes in. You know, the idea is they take this adrenochrome and it keeps them young, uh, lavish looking, so they can continue their Hollywood careers. Right. So as you guys know, in Hollywood, Hollywood kind of runs off the currency of beauty. Runs off the cur- in currency of youth, especially when you talk about actresses more so than actors so if you're in the middle of a career and you want to continue that career but everybody's telling you you're too old you're too old you're too old one would think that you would be almost willing to do anything to continue your career so you it would tend you would tend to try to do anything you can to try to stay as young as as you possibly can not saying that's what's going on but it's an easy link Right. And so it's a chemical that's released through what what is supposed to be released through fear, the jarring of the emotion, fear, uh, more purely through children, right? 
Right. It, it, it's found in, if you look at some of these websites, it's produced from the pituitary gland and, and through mm-hmm. the adrenal system. And it's most potent when the source is at an emotional high state of fear. Not not happiness, but fear. Fear. And I mean, scared just beyond beyond imaginable it, to the point of your flight fight or flight mechanism in your body right and it's extracted through the blood right so if you're putting the pieces together here and i know this is disturbing but <laughs> and i'm i'm having a difficult time sort of well again this is information this is yeah this is information that we've been exposed to again and uh you know, we're looking for help to not only try to figure this stuff out, but if you you guys can post anything on the on the website and the message boards, you know, uh, we're more more than welcome and more than willing to, to hear the information. But from what we have and what we've obtained over the time our time looking into this, the way to extract this chemical at its highest potency. At its most pure potency, is from prepubescent children, mm-hmm. because obviously you know it's it's a mechanism of of trying to stay alive whenever you're young and you don't have you know your parents to protect you. It's it's it, this pure just I guess adrenaline compound. Yeah, I'm, it comes this, out. Okay. This is an emotional subject, right. and, and I find it difficult. Without so, stuttering or stammering, talking about it, but yes, it's it's extracted through the blood, and it's extracted after the participant, if you want to call them a participant, which is what some of these call call these children, but really it's the victim. After the victim is absolutely terrorized, which then the blood is filled. flooded with yeah. adrenaline. Yeah. So, and that's. That's what we're seeing. That's and you know it's in our face. You know they mention adrenochrome uh, quite a few times in Hollywood. We'll see it over and over again. I made a post of Mark Zuckerberg on uh, Epstein's pedophile island talking about adrenochrome. He he posted it before Epstein got busted, and you know, surprise, surprise, Mark, it resurfaced. Um, but we were talking about Podesta and Pizzagate. You know, Comet Pizza, this multi-million dollar pizza owner, pizza parlor owner. And uh, there was a video that surfaced I just shared with these guys who have not seen before. Um, It's speculated that this video is taking place at this pizza parlor. And if you watch the video, you can see that the lighting is almost to a T perfect. And... The gentleman in the video sounds exactly like John Podesta. I mean, it's almost undeniable to the point where somebody had taken the time to compare um, the act that's going on that was found um, circulating and they compared it to John Podesta's voice. Now, here again, these people, they think they're untouchable. So they really... and. To an extent, they kind of are. They've gotten away with it this far. I, any ordinary person would not get away with this type of stuff. So I'm going to warn 
all of our listeners right now because I'm going to upload this clip and it's an audio clip if you want to look further into it you can find it online it's going to compare the two voices now the one voice is of a guy who's torturing a young child it's horrific if you don't think you can handle it please forward through this stop nobody's going to blame you um if not and you want to hear the comparison if you want to do the comparison yourself i'm interested to hear what other people think as far as the comparison go because to me it's uncanny um but i'm going to place that clip right here you think you're hot shit don't you you think you're hot listen up what's my what's my name what's my name my other name what do you call me i am your father from now on you will call me your father you're You will call me your father. What am I? What is my name, huh? I'm just a kid who's four. Each day I grow some more. I'm just uh, singing. Each day I grow some more. I'm there. Something more. Finding my way. Growing up is not good talk. I had enough. There is a lot of fun stuff with Don't you? You think you're hot shit, don't you? I, you will call me. I, you will call me. I, you will call me. Say it again. Just get lost. Just get lost. Just get lost. Just get lost. You think you're hot shit, don't you? You think you're hot shit, don't you? Say it again! Say it again! You think you're hot shit, don't you? Just get lost. You think you're hot shit, don't you? Just get lost. You think you're hot shit, don't you? Just get lost. You think you're hot shit, don't you? Just get lost. He likes the world sounds. <laughs> and little boys. And children. I think that was his manager. No. <laughs> <laughs> we all have preferences. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so that was very, very disturbing. And if you did listen to it, um, it's it's jarring. It's it's beyond jarring. It's okay. We'll give you time to go throw up. Well, throw up and try to process what you did here because it's just horrifying. But that's the idea behind us. And when I look further into this adrenochrome thing and I'm thinking, okay, what am I finding here? Uh, Well, we know adrenochrome is real. Um, We know it can only be extracted from a living body, which raises the question how was it ever found in the first place it has to be done you have to scare somebody 
and and they have to produce this within the bloodstream and they have to be alive it can't be done it's you can look it up again it can't be done after a person has died it has to be done and this is something you and I were talking about yes and this purely is speculation on my part okay I have nothing to, to say to you know that I can back any of this up. But I was trying to put two and two together. Use some critical thinking. And a lot of this information about this chemical came about in the mid-50s. What was this date of Mr. Huckley? Uh, 53? 54. 54. Okay. Now, I may be leading a blind horse here, but if you guys can guess where I'm going with this, one would ask themselves, like you just did, Mario, how do you find out that this chemical has the potency it has? I mean, to come across that information... It's not you, something you, you stumble You upon. don't stumble across it. So, what kind of population was terrorized during this time? Could it possibly be a direct result of the concentration camps during World War II? Oh, sure. I mean, Mandela was doing all kinds of experiments. And Mm -hmm. the Nazis were involved in so much cult act activity. Again, this is my own thought process. Who's to say the way they found out about this was when experimenting on a live population in a controlled environment... Again, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on that? It just seems to make too much sense. I mean, absolutely. We talked previously about Project Paperclip. You know, how many many Nazis came to our country that we thought were valuable assets? Whatever they did over there, you know, maybe some of the experimentations, they had direct... To elaborate a little bit on what you're talking about, you know, I apologize for cutting in, but I think it's important. Uh, we're talking about a Nazi connection to possibly adrenochrome. Well, there's that natural connection with the Nazis going and doing the MK Ultra, right? Mm-hmm. Also, a connection to the CIA. Sure. Well, when thinking and talking about the CIA, if you reference back to a previous podcast, what's a possible connection there? Well, there was a gentleman by the name of Michael Aquino who was in the CIA. Mm. Right, the leader of the Temple of Set, the yes. psyops. So again, let's let's take a moment to, to figure this out. Michael Aquino was a psyops officer in the CIA. He's a member of the AFIO, the Association of Former Intelligence Officers. He wrote a paper called Mind War. Now, his connection with the CIA automatically gives him the connection to the Nazis because of the infiltration of Project Paperclip and mm-hmm. Alan Dallas, who was the head of CIA, falsified paperwork to get the people over here from Germany in the first place, saying that they had no idea and they weren't part of the Nazi regime. Well, this Michael Kino character, at one point in his career, worked at the Presidio of San Francisco in San Francisco. And at the time, I, I don't know if I referenced this in the last podcast, but I may have. He was involved in a child sex ring where 50 victim, victims pointed him out and ID'd him 
And there were also multiple witnesses that ID'd him. And he got off. Okay, and this is the same guy that talked about controlling the masses through signals into televisions and radios as as a part of his his theory that he wanted to do in, in the paper Mind War. Right. So I'm not using the Nazi connection directly to adrenochrome. Like I said, I, I don't have any direct information, but there's a lot of crumbs. Okay, there's a lot of crumbs saying there's not a we're not talking about six degrees of separation right we're talking about one degree or two degrees or three degrees of separation where again when you're exposed to this information and the reason why i'm 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 maybe stuttering a little bit is because it's it's not an easy subject to talk about and when coming out in a public forum like this you, you risk being called crazy which is why we're trying to give you guys as much information as possible to see where you so you guys see where we came from when when being illuminated to this information it's it's just too much it, it it's really a lot to to digest absolutely and you know d- digging in a little further when you think about these things and you say how is this possible how do these people get away with it because even with that one or two degrees if that's and I'll say it again if that's anyone else if that's the common person who's one or two degrees from their innocence of an accused murder they're going to prison they're done yeah right they call them accessories right we know the darkness now the spirit cookers we know the adrenochrome we know of the pedophile ring and the extraction through torture of children to try to achieve you know this chemical um but a lot of these things we see and they're in plain sight i know when when i talk about or when i look up adrenochrome there are certain people as well who who look at people who talk about this there are other people who go oh well you know what they're just you know again they're foil hat people they're talking about this stuff and it's from a movie from uh a movie that comes up and they say, well, this came from uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Well, they mention it in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And, you know, when you read some of these threads online, they say, oh, well, Hunter S. Thompson's to blame for this. No, he's really not. He mentions it because Hunter S. Thompson was indirect um, actions with different A-list Hollywood people. And in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, they mention that. And I'm going to play this clip. Um, I'm going to cue it up. I'm going to play this clip for you. It's uh, Benicio Del Toro talking to uh, um, Johnny Depp, who's playing Hunter S. Thompson. And he takes this adrenochrome, and he calls it adrenochrome. He asks him, this movie came out in 96. He says, you know, what is this? And he says, ah, it's adrenochrome. And he takes a little brown vial with a little secretion, and he ingests it. So I'm going to play this clip right here. What kind of hotel room 1600, please? As your attorney, I advise you to take a hit out of the little brown bottle in my shaving kit. You won't need much. Just a tiny taste. Ah, there it is. 
What is this shit? That stuff makes pure mescaline seem like ginger beer, man. Ginger beer? Adrenochrome. Adrenochrome? and he'll never forget. What? No, not dead. But he won't be bothering anybody for a while. Yeah, I left him out there. I stomped him and pull all his teeth out. I remember thinking, Jesus, what a terrible thing to lay on somebody with a head full of acid. But we have a problem. That bastard cashed a bad check downstairs and gave you his reference. They'll be looking for both of you. Uh, yeah, I know, Lucy, but you can't judge a book by its cover. Some people are just basically rotten. Okay, so that was just, that was a clip from a movie, right? And even more about the movies is kind of like the memoirs of Hunter S. Thompson. It's kind of what this movie is about. Now, these things you're going to see in plain sight, but they're going to downplay it to you. Do your research. Look at the stuff yourself. Figure it out for yourself. We're not telling you to think that all of this is real. We're telling you to look into it because we did. Right. And a couple things come to mind to what you were saying. Hunter S. Thompson was in the circles. He was he was in these elite circles. So yes. he was aware of this. And we're not or I'm not insinuating that he was part of it. But it goes back to the reoccurring theme that, that I have uh, that I feel responsible for on this podcast. And that is, I think these writers, I think some of these musicians, I think some of these actors, they're aware of this stuff. Okay. Oh yeah. And they're trying to leak out and disseminate this information to us without risking their careers. So this is something that Hunter S. Thompson was aware of. Okay. I don't know if he, he indulged in it or not. I have no idea. But he was brave enough to put it into his book and put it out into the public. Right. You know, it's, I think there are people in the know and what it does is it validates some of this information that we come across. Again, we're looking for more information. So, right, Jeffro, to your point, there are people, it seems like they're trying to get this information out to us, uh, you know different ways at the same time they got to look out for themselves and their safety but also there there are the perversions from and i keep using that word perversions because if you're okay with any of this it's not okay but um one of those and i played a clip uh for my good friend jeffro here about the subliminals we talked about the subliminals in the uh, the dark side of things and one of them was from a jay-z album uh, his black album and there was a uh, Jay Z did this piece, or was on his album, and uh, it's it's very disturbing. You hear the music playing in the background, and you can hear something, you know, like a backwards type of uh, saying going on or whatever. And it caught the imagination of some people. So you know, as people do, they analyze things. They played it backwards, and it was such a demonic message and I'm going to play this clip for you now and in this clip it is very disturbing but in this clip he 
repeats 666 murder murder Jesus this was on his album maybe he thought people weren't going to look into it um, as quickly as they did or maybe the people that he's you know hand in hand with maybe some of the engineers or whatever maybe they snuck it in there but from a guy who's always talking about how he's so careful with his music I, I don't see it I think this was purposely done. So I'm going to play this clip right here. Six, six, six. something to say about uh you know a, a group that was busted um called nexium right yeah you know and, and to your point when it comes to musicians and, and, and actors and we're trying to uh present this information to you guys saying that there's a darker side to hollywood one of the subject matters that are out that's out there right now that it's is indisputable and it's been in the news if, if for if any of this is too difficult to to believe well the one event out there that's going on and it's gone on in the last few years is the nexium event and the direct um involvement of allison mack who is an actress she was on smallville on the Smallville. cw yeah right so to she think was- that now she was a recruit for this guy as well. Yeah, she she actually recruited other uh, I want to say victims, but it, her description of them were other members for the group. But Keith Rainier. Keith Rainier, yeah. And they branded yes. members, they sexually assaulted members, 
both Keith Rainier did and other members, other female members of the group. And it goes back to even the two women that funded Nexium was, yeah, and uh, Nexium was funded by Claire and Sarah Bronfman, who are billionaires, multi-billionaires, to the Seagram's drinks, the Seagram drinks for mixed drinks and whatnot. And that, you know, I just, the Nexium situation, if you guys think all of these are conspiracy theories, if if this can happen once, you know, with the Nexium cult, there's there's more than just one cult out there. Sure. And they're all backed by these billionaires, which goes back to the elite, which goes back to, you know, conditioning the public, which goes back to all of these scenarios that you and I have touched on over these last couple podcasts. You know, when you start diving into some of this information, that's why it's so upsetting. And, and it just, we feel we need to bring some of this information forward because we're trying to digest this information as well. Right. And it's it's something that's really hard to wrap your mind around for anybody, especially if you're hearing of these things for the first time. And I, again, in a disclaimer, you know, this isn't for the faint of heart. None of it is. However, there's too many things leading to a lot of this having um, solid ground to it. You know, even, even if you go, oh, okay, well, this piece may be a bit far-fetched, or this piece, when you continue to dig and dig and dig into it, and that you can, you keep hearing of, you know, like adrenochrome or this person has tied with this person and it, you can find this stuff you can find it on your own we want you to again we're this isn't fox this isn't nbc this isn't cnn we're not telling you what to think we're not telling you what what we're telling you is absolute truth we want you to figure this out for yourself because all of this information you're not going to hear on these news or radio stations or anything like that. They're not going to speak of it to you. The only place you can find it is online, on your own, because these guys are paid to give you to, to, to give you the news they want to give you, not the news you deserve to hear or the information you deserve to hear, rather. Um, and we're going we're gonna to start to wrap up this, this episode. And it's not the last episode in the Dark Veil. Next episode, it goes deeper. If you can't imagine it goes deeper, it it does. But the Vatican. We're going to talk about the Vatican. We're going to talk about the Red Shoes. And everything that goes along with that. But that's in the next episode. Uh, Seth, I know you had something you wanted to say as well before we uh, wrap this one up. What do you got here for, buddy? Yeah, for there's us, buddy? A, there's a there's a couple things I want to add here. Uh, so with this whole thing we're talking about tonight, uh, PizzaGate, uh, I like to think of it like this: uh, you take take a tre- cheese grater and a block of cheese, and you start going at the cheese. You just get real small flakes. That's what tonight is—just a real small flake off the top of off the top of the whole block of things. You have to dig deeper into this to really. Uh, grasp what's going on and really understand what's going on. Um, 
But you know, the most important thing I want to add is uh, all three of us guys sitting here right now, we're all normal guys. We're not living in our mom's basement. Uh, all three of us uh, lead normal lives. Uh, we, we, we have families. We, uh, we're, we're friends. We're, um, you know, uh, we work jobs that take like a lot of mental capacity. But also in our spare time, uh, we know there's more truth uh, in this world than uh, than what is being led on, than what the media is trying to tell you, and than what the, the governments of this world is trying to tell you. Uh, so the most important thing for you as the listener to know is that we're not a bunch of tinfoil hat guys. We're a bunch of normal guys that have right. uh, seen something that is uh, different in this world than what's being told to us. Right. And to that point, and I'm glad you brought that up, but to, to that point... That's why we felt it important to release episodes on the media first. Because if you don't ask why, then you're just a blind sheep, man. Why? Why? Right? All right. So that's going to wrap up this podcast. And I hope we didn't uh, scare you away from future podcasts because they're not all going to be this dark. Um we will get through the uh, this trilogy. I'm going to call it a trilogy. Um, the Dark Veil. So, until then. <laughs>